Let's bring in Larry Shove, the Chief Investment Officer of D. Alexander Capital. He's joining us to talk commodities. Larry, welcome and thank, thank you. you. Uh, crude oil this week, the WTI to, well, just shy of 94 to begin the week. What's behind the bid? Well, it seems like, well, first of all, you know, a slump in a dollar, except for today, but basically a slump. But also, there, there's news flow uh, with regards to uh, tankers at sea, you know, stationary tankers at sea for more than seven days is down 18 percent week over week. That's according to Vortexa data. Um, on the other hand, um, it's surprising because the China COVID figures aren't uh, what people thought they would. And the trade numbers coming out of uh, China were absolutely terrible, both on the export and import side. So who is anybody's guess at this point? Yeah, we talked about that yesterday. We started off the week looking at those figures, basically an indication that uh, this COVID zero policy that we thought, keep in mind, just last week was possibly going to get lifted or an easing thereof. Uh, it looks like it's here to stay. Yeah, it looks like it, it seems that way. And um, boy, the market really got excited ahead yeah. of itself yeah. last week, thinking that it's all over. But then the counts kept climbing. And, um, and then you have on top of that the you know, the terrible import-export uh, figures and didn't help matters much. You know, Larry, I think about that jobs report, though, on Friday. I always say, if, I mean, okay, yes, there's a lot of work from home going on nowadays still. We see that in our office here as well as uh, I hear from friends and family. But uh, U.S. demand remains strong for the most part, and as long as these employment figures do. I mean, more cars on the road by far every single day. People are out and about simply. It's amazing. I thought everybody was working at home and everybody would stay at home, but you're right. The, the highways, the freeways, everything's clogged, and I don't know where everybody's going because they're supposed <laughs> to be at work, um, but perhaps they're not. But yeah, you're right. It seems like people have just kind of gotten used to um, higher gasoline prices and yeah. just kind of look the other way. But it definitely is a consu consumption tax, and like that, that money that you spend on gasoline is not being spent on something else. Yeah, AAA reporting they've been inching up ever so slightly. One thing I've been noticing here, though, is those crude prices came off down to the 76 level, but diesel was very limited in terms of participation of the downside. I mean, kind of impacting again and getting to that bottom line that some of the companies have been dealing with and feeds right in that inflation discussion, especially if you uh, have a business that, uh, you know, transports goods ultimately. I mean, uh, January, uh, the crude got back down to those January levels, but uh, again, Again, diesel, the heating oil, uh, never participated. No, they didn't. And part of that is, like, you look at distillate uh, or heavy crude um, re refining is at its capacity. You look at distillate, we're still down, like, 19%, close to 19% on a five-year average with regard to inventory. We're exporting a lot of, uh, of diesel. Um, that said, there's just only so much that can be refined, and the investment in refineries hasn't been there for obvious, not obvious reasons, but for many different reasons. And it's going to keep diesel, um, I won't say artificially high, it's going to keep it high for the time being. You know, I just want to quickly take a, a look here because I've got a chart to show what I was just talking about in terms of that move. If we could pull up this WTI, this is daily candles, and this is going back to the end of December when prices were down around 62. This shows the rally we saw in March, end of February, up to 130, the war in Ukraine. And then, again, this recent retreat down to 76 puts us back to the January levels. But taking a look at this here, Larry, you can see I've got crude on the left now. I've got the heating oil again, the uh, diesel on the right. And you can see it never made it even near the 
$3 level, okay, near the $3 level, but unable to take it out here and nowhere near those January lows. So basically just got back to levels we hadn't seen since mid-March. So a significant contrast to what we'd seen in terms of crude prices coming off. Talk to us a little bit about, uh, you mentioned in your notes how this dollar weakness we've seen, not just bullish crude, it's metals and gold uh, in general. What's been playing out with the ETFs? Um, you know, it, it's amazing. There's been long liquidation for a while, but then we see, you know, as of I think it was last Thursday with gold um, ETFs, long liquid, long positions or long liquidations, put long positions at a two and a half year low. And sometimes that's a, that's a counter signal, like too many people are um, liquidating their long positions. It's probably a time to get long, but sometimes it, sometimes the crowd is right. So I think the inflation fight is here for a while, and gold is an indicator of that. I mean, I can't think of any other good reason why we continue to see long liquidation, which we have over the past, like, two or three months. We're going to talk about that and exactly that in our next segment in terms of some of the Fed comments to begin the week and what to look for as far as some of the speakers throughout the week. But it does seem like that inflation drumbeat here for longer continues to grow louder and louder uh, as we go on into the end of the year. Let's talk a little bit about um, uh, kind of tying back to what we were talking about earlier in terms of China and demand unknowns. You know, we have discussed multiple times in the show how uh, the headlines recently, whether you're talking China out of the uh, uh, UK, uh, some of them here in the US as well, ultimately, I mean, they, they seem to provide more questions than answers. And well, when you're talking copper, it's had a very level-headed approach towards all of this, right? I mean, we sold off yeah. for $5 earlier this spring, uh, but since have been kind of range-bound, I guess, in terms of that China demand narrative, what's copper telling us? Um, well, right now, copper's telling us that, okay, so the, the dollar has something to do with it. Uh, the China trade number is shrinking definitely. But on the other hand, supply is relatively tight. Yeah. When you look at um, Chile, for instance, production there is slowed down. It's slowing down to a, to a ant's pace, as it were. And also, um, some of the knowns and unknowns with regards to sanctions on Russia exports, and also, add on top of that, the increased demand or perceived demand with electric cars. So you have a situation where, fundamentally, copper shouldn't go higher, but the supply is tight, and there, there's a perhaps a, a, a phantom demand with regards to perceived electric car demand and also mm -hmm. the, the mm -hmm. sanctions on Russia. Yeah, I think a big part of this has been EV demand and uh, uh, some of the other industries, obviously a factor. But here you can see off the lows that we saw in 2020, down around 190, just show shy of two dollars, 197 up to five dollars. A failed re yeah. uh, breakout to the upside this spring, and then a swift rejection lower back down to the three dollar level here. But look at this for the most part, kind of hanging out in the middle of that range and kind of teetering or hovering around just above that 50-day moving average. Larry, I always appreciate you joining us. A solid breakdown here today, talking commodities. Thanks to you, Larry. Larry, show over the chief investment officer at D. Alexander Capital.